Want to make your own podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easy, then distribute it everywhere, and even earn money. All in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters. Here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then, you can distribute your podcast to Spotify, and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, I feel like I have an outlet for the creativity and ideas I want to share with the world. I recommend you give it a try. We all have a voice, so share it with the world. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to spotify.com slash podcasters to get started today. With Neuralink, the reason I, I created it because I felt like God gave it to me for the story and wanted me to warn people about this device. Neuralink in the future will be the one way for the one world order, basically the mark of the beast. Now in the future, what they'll do is take your Neuralink, they'll come and take it from you, right? The FBI agency, CIA, what they'll do is they'll take your Neuralink or those of your loved ones and they'll fish through your own memories to convict you by your own memories. That's what's gonna happen. And they'll, they'll allow subpoenaing your own Neuralink. You'll be convicted by your own thoughts. They'll fish through it and find anything they can, anything. And that way they can put anybody away. There's so many downsides, bad sides, Neuralink. It is the mark of the beast. And that's why Elon Musk is pushing it while he's being groomed to be our savior. Watch people like Elon Musk buy up swaths of land in Maui because that's going to be your go-to country club where you have a servitude class and large estates for all the elite. And if it comes down to resetting this world and destroying populations in the U.S., all the elite go to Maui. And they're safe there, thousands of miles away from the cleansing, the final solution. The reason Elon Musk goes like this, and I'm holding up an X, the X represents the final solution, the continuation of World War II, the final solution, and we are the ones in the camps. Welcome to the Days of Noah podcast, where we talk all things biblical, supernatural, and strange. Today, Luke and I conclude our conversation with Tom Althaus, the visionary writer of The Matrix that he entitled The Immortals, and it was stolen from him by Warner Brothers and the Wachowski Brothers. This one, guys, huh. let me tell you, the twists and turns of this second half of this episode are going to have you on the edge of your seat and there's a moment or two towards the end where it might even bring you to tears like it did to me just editing and re-listening to it so much to Tom's story and this only scratches the surface we've got more episodes coming with Tom but at least for this conversation This is the second half and wraps up this portion, so enjoy. And guys, don't forget to like and share and subscribe and send this episode to your friends, to your family. Go on your favorite podcast platform, whether it's Spotify or Apple, and just click that five-star review if you just have a moment. 
because that really does help to get the show out to more people and talk about these important topics. All right, with that, guys, let's get into the second half with Tom Althaus. Let's keep going with this track because I think this is important um, to lay this foundation of who is Tom Althaus and what did you create and what happened to you. And I know, you know, you and I went over uh, a dozen or so uh, different topics and I sent I sent this to Luke to the show notes. But right. um, we'll we'll give those time in in future uh, talks with you if, if you'd be willing. That would be great. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get this out because you know what yes. I want? I want it to be able that we get past their talking point. Hear my heart on this. I want to say this to you guys. I want to get past their insane talking point where they just go, he lost his case. He lost his case. He lost his case. Let's show what they did. Let's show the fraud. And let's get past that, that when everybody raises that specter, we can say, no, let's look at what's actually being done here for God, for people, to, for the children, to save this whole situation, to turn the world around. And let's get to why this piece was written and get past that talking point. Because if you look at it, he lost his case. I was breaking Morant on steroids. It was all about throwing the case and having us lost before we even got in there, like the art of war. And they even tell me that. So let's get that under the belt. And then we can get rid of their noise and their talking points. Defeat their talking points, we can solve the problem and, and set things straight. Yes. Yeah, so so let's go through let's go su- through some more of that timeline and then let's sure. talk on um on Luke's question on on others that have been stolen from and how that whole right. process works. Right? And so, question two, did I answer yeah. your question previously? Because I felt like um, I gave you a layer, but I didn't get to address it fully. One, so one keep layer, that one ready I think, to go. Yeah, 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 we'll we'll get to that. So, um, because yeah, we got to talk about your sons and and all of that stuff yeah. too, right? Yeah. Um. Okay. So, yeah, they're whining and dining you for those years, slow playing it, giving themselves time to orchestrate the steal. Right. Right. Keeping is this is the steal basically finalized to where they feel they're safe to start shooting the movie? Did they shoot the movie in ninety eight? They start shooting – actually, 99 is when they complete the whole thing. I don't know when they actually started the shoot date. It was very, very rapid. Um, but the thing was um, it, they're entering entries for Tom Hanks in 98. Wendy Wasserstein, the Jewish playwright, did High Chronicles. Like, Luke, we were talking about how they move people that aren't qualified around to different positions. Wendy Wasserstein also is not a screenwriter. She's a playwright, Broadway playwright. That is two different animals, two different venue styles. And so it's very different to write a play – than it is a screenplay. Very different. And requires, like you're talking about instant shots that are done where it's like capsulized. A play is longer scenes, dialogues, things like this that are drawn out in a different style. So the only th- entry for Wendy Washington ever with a screenplay is my work, The Immortals. In that yeah. entry. So, right. but 1998 is when they're entering it. So that gives us a clue that they were starting production things in 1998 since they did this, um, date of um um what are they called date of something i forgot to look at it again yeah. is an arbitrary date they set so they arbitrarily set the date 1998 which means they must have been started production work and wanted to establish that okay. and then they actually have their recordation date when the office uh copyright office receives it is 1999 on both of them okay so, so refresh my memory now you had what was it four years where where they're throwing money at you the house everything everything 
Yeah, that was everything. between ninety four and ninety eight. That was nineteen ninety. Let's see, we were groomed. Well, actually, let me make sure I get this right. Okay, nineteen ninety three. Remember that submission letter, nineteen ninety three. Yep. So they start the honeymoon period right there. So I'm thrown off, like Luke was talking about too. We were I'm thrown off in that period of nineteen ninety three. That's when they want to make sure they get everything set. So it's nineteen ninety three to nineteen ninety six. Really, is that just love you up period? Then they do another one. There's a second period after they take Otiko away, right? The fiance break me. Yes. That's why they put Neo's birthday as Otika's, not mine. They put mine above it because they're celebrating that Otika broke me, basically. Senator David Bourne's niece, Senator David Bourne of Oklahoma's niece, Senator Paul Ryan's cousin. Top of the Republican Party was my fiance. So I went from being like an um, like one of the Windsors down to nothing. That's what had me set. So what happens is the second honeymoon period is when they take me to Maui, Hawaii, where Disney controls the scene. So Maui, Hawaii. So I'm taken there in uh, the anniversary of 9-11, the very anniversary on the same airlines they claim hit the towers. So interesting, they set me up on airlines to fly out on the anniversary, 2002, September 11th. Interesting. Right to Hawaii. Picked up by celebrities there, Kaylee Rochelle. And Fred, our celebrities, top, top uh, artists in music on Maui, pick me up, take me out to dinner. It can be the finest bed and breakfast. And they launch me in the, in the historic theater where Bob Hogue, Frank Sinatra performed, the Yao Theater. I'm given position. I'm given a home, a condo to own. And so that period goes from 2002 to 2005. The handlers come in. So I'm still being groomed. 2006, they start to pull the rug. And I have the honeypot wife and I'm under contract with the Disney, Disney um, director, Terry Blinner, who is actually handling me under a specific contract. So I'm held from 2005 to 2009. Uh, gives them all the time. I'm glad so, you asked me that because now I got to put it in perspective. Okay. So there was the first honeymoon phase, 1996, right. What happened between 96 and 2002 then? They took, my they, fiance, still- they took my fiance away. I ended up in the hospital. Okay. Do you know that scene with Bane from Matrix where Bane slowly cuts his hand across the palm? On the, on, he cuts his left hand across the palm slowly twice. It's in mm. Matrix. Okay. So it, it's not very memorable because it doesn't propel the story along. It's like, why is this guy cutting his hand before he talks to Neo twice and holds it? He doesn't show Neo the cut. He goes up and talks to him and then walks away. Why did he cut his hand? Because when I lost Otika in 1996, I took a paring knife and cut my hand twice to the bone across the palm on the very spot Bane does. They mock the author that way too. Wow. I end up in the hospital. That's when they give the Wachowskis the work. How, how did away. they how did they um destroy your your relationship with your fiance? They had Disney come along. There's a guy that played the uh, candlestick in Beauty and the Beast on Broadway, and he came and started courting her and gave her positions in North Carolina theater, which is very lucrative. And suddenly she's playing these roles, and they're promising in the world. Broadway people that work for Disney, Disney Broadway people, and she bit it, and um, I lost her, and um, they turned her, so they broke me. Okay, but but in the meantime, they're still uh, shelling out money to you, and, and no, they pulled the rig on. No, no, everything got pulled. The Rockefellers cut the deal too, and I went from uh, supposed to be a director to nothing, broke, homeless, everything gone. 
for how long? From 97 I was broke, to... broken from 96 to 1999. You just, I didn't think of it before. Look at that. So when Tom Hanks is getting the entry in the copyright office, I'm a little bit overwhelmed right now. See, it comes to you still. You still pick up the pieces you go with it, bouncing it. So when he puts that 1998 claim, I'm broken. Mm-hmm. When the Wachowski get it in 96, I'm broken. And you see it on screen and you know that's your, I mean, it has to be unmistakable. I was broken. I was naive. So in 1999, when it comes out, I was on tour. I tried to put my life back up, you know, okay. and I got on a Shakespeare International Tours. I gutsed it out auditioned thought let's get my life in order pick up the pieces tom don't give up so that's basically what i did pep talk myself got this lucrative position again right so i'm coming out of the ashes and during the tour we said we go to watch matrix right 1999 i couldn't stomach it something about it made me very nauseous and sick of course i was broken before and i had to leave the theater i saw jack's the neck but i didn't think it was that it didn't click as something that was like you know, oh, my work's been taken. Yes. I just saw Jack's the Neck. And, um, but I couldn't handle the violence and the way that, and the music. And it yeah. was like gratuitous violence for somebody with PTSD after losing everything with PTSD and the sons, you know, I couldn't handle it. I couldn't view it. I got so sick, so sick. I went out and threw up in the lobby. Oh, okay. And when, when did you realize? That was yours. When they brought the honeypot wife to me in 2009 and showed me two pictures. I'll never forget it. Two pictures. One is the little girl at the train station. The other is her pointing at the sun at the end, which is my exact ending. And it's actually wow, a train so, station scene. So you didn't realize that they had taken the immortals and turned it into the Matrix until I then? had no idea until then the uh, complexity of how they actually took everything. No. Right. There were hints. There were hints, and I may have babbled things in my condition. I may have gone like, you know, I just don't know. Because I saw Demolition Man, and I wrote Warner Bros. a letter about Demolition Man. And that's when um, they went ahead in 2001. They wrote a letter back saying, um, well, we, we looked over your work. And we didn't see any similarities. And I thanked him. I thanked him. And that's when the Wachowski was given the work in 2002 to uh, replicate. And they actually tried to do a copy, a draft of two, you know, they say that they don't have any working drafts now, but in, they tried to do it two, and it was badly done. And since they had my work, they just went off my work completely. In fact, they said on set, you'll hear uh, interviews of them where they're still on online, where they said that everybody said to blow up the matrix. The reason is that remember the 20 foot rule I told you about, and the I'm holding up the script, the script in hand, Paul Martin saying, you know, the script was in hand and the story the visual storyboard, they're lifting the visual storyboard, making it up as they go along, sticking in Alice in Wonderland, Ghost, the train man from Ghost, they're sticking in Necromancer, Dark City. So when people say, this is that, no, only my entries are in the first graphic, right? So it's about the author. But they're, to make it up as they go along, it's like filling in the DNA of the dinosaurs of Jurassic Park. They're drawing from what they know, frogs. So they're drawing off all these other works as they make it up as they go along, with their small lines, what they're familiar with. That's why you have all these things in here stuck in but it unravels the story and they unraveled it but so what happens is you have them on set with a 20-foot rule makeup as they go along they write it down after they shoot it so the actors were actually improvising and that's wow. why they talk so slow 
if you go back with this knowledge now and watch pieces of it, watch the Morpheus character talking. Watch the Smith character talking. And if I may, for audiences, for you guys, do they not talk like this? If you take the blue pill, you'll enter a world where you, because they're making up as they go along and trying to think and stall to think of what they can say next, because they were told to take the shot off the off the idea of the script and the scene from the Wachowski's small minds. Do you have, and if you haven't, I'm sure you will, but do you have, uh, I know your website's down, uh, yeah. every part of your script like tied to all of these yes. different concepts and yes. different shows. Yes. You know, it might be one line in your 120 some pages and they use that in this show or this movie. Um, I'm looking for it now. Um, Cause that would be oh, fascinating. It's actually, a, it's actually in a, it's in a vault right now. We have a okay. people that are um, having a vault. So I was going to show you the tabbed version where you'll see tabs all over the place. You just open yeah. it. So it's annotated. Yes. Wow. We've matched it all up. That's how we got the 190. That's in- that's incredible. Including the train station scene. And when they dismantled it, if I may, when they dismantled the scenes, remember they're making up as they go along? That's why everything's been simplified. So when you see this actually made as it is, and keep in mind, Marvel Comics has contacted me and said, let's do a blend of this and Cypher Man, right? When you see it the way it actually is, you'll see how it wasn't simplified, where the train station scene, the liquid mirrors, remember how he takes the red pill and he can pass his hands through the mirror? Okay. Well, the mirrors in the original work, the mirrors are the security devices at the train station scene. And he gets pulled through Trinity. And when he's, there's two train station scenes, one where he's cut from the program, one where he's in the program. So we see him pass through the mirrors neatly. The liquid mirrors reform. You pass through if you're on the, re- if you're on the program, right? Otherwise, you can't pass through. You get cut in half. So in the first train station scene, they simplified it for budget, put it as one, right? So I'm just explaining how they do it. And so in the first scene, he passes neatly through the mirrors. In the second scene, he's cut from the program. Trinity has to pull him through the mirrors because she's still an anomaly that can pass through the mirrors. So she pulls him through and a piece of clothing gets cut off, right? They actually put it in an anime that Warner Brothers holds with Sony. So that's that particular scene. So the Wachowskis simplify everything, lifting everything out of context with their visual storyboard. And that's why, back to Luke's comment or question, Animatrix was a compilation of everything they didn't use, making it up as they go along. They put it into shorts, including falling from the, to the ground, stopping just before the ground is in here. Yeah. So what they did was shorts of all the information, all the scenes that they didn't get to use up. And in fact, like I said, they said everybody on set said, blow it up, blow it up. Why would you say blow it up? Why would all the set be screaming, blow it up if you have a finished work? And you have what do they mean by people. blow it up? What is blow that? up the matrix to end it, to end it, just blow up the matrix. Have oh, a scene okay. where you blow it up. And yep. yeah, if you lift everything out of context, but the Wachowskis actually said, we told them, no, we're going to keep it as it is. So they have my exact sequence of ending. Exactly. Okay. All right, so uh, thank you for letting boy. me share that. But, but I'm curious yeah. on. Okay, so I love your script. I love that. I mean, how it's all. I mean, looks amazing visually. You know that. Uh, That's what they gave it. Us. You know, That's what they gave. But you. I'm just curious on, even though you have all that, how I'm assuming they can argue. Well, we came up with this line. We came up with this idea on our own because some things it's it, it's, it's, I don't know how to phrase a question it's like when you're creating something and it's there's similarities there, there's going to be similarities like well you know so how can how do you argue that this was my idea first 
and you stole it versus them saying, well, we just came up with that on our own, even though it's similar to what you have. And it's to put it in, to put it another way, Luke, um, there are many artists, uh, musicians who have sued other musicians and said, you know, Marvin Gaye is an example. Okay. Ed, Ed Sheeran uh, wrote this song and the Marvin Gaye estate came after them and said, you're, you're taking um, a Marvin Gaye song. I listened to the two of them and I go, no, I, the only thing is the chord structure in the verse is the same. The chorus is completely different. The lyrics are completely different. The, the melody of the vocal line is completely different. But to, to Luke's question, that's, yeah, well, where's the dividing line between... It's a great no, question. You, you, I yeah. can I can play a C sharp, you know, major chord. That's mm-hmm. I'm not stealing anyone's work. Here you go. I can answer. Yeah, let's look at the law, yeah. copyright law. If you have direct access to, it's called the inverse ratio rule, and I sent this to you too. You'll see it in the email threads. Inverse ratio rule. The court's own quote: If you have direct access shown to the studio, it's assumed they took your work. Also, so expound on that has one never point been... really quick. The exact um, ex- direct access. So what? Direct what, access. What, yeah. what? What exactly is direct access? Direct access to the extreme is let's put it in our frame. James Boyd of Norfolk submits a submission letter, certified mail with tracking number, on June twenty fifth, nineteen ninety three, to Warner Brothers um, Story Department care of Elizabeth to directly to Diane Bellis with script, story treatment, music, character breakdown, um, proven before anybody's ever talked about or shown, published, copyrighted, Neuralink, Jacks the Neck, all these other concepts that they called revolutionary. That is the dead ringer. Show me any work ever that has the neural link to the jack of the neck, which Wachowski said they want to do for real. You know the one you're going to see? In 1994, you're going to see Ghost in the Shell because Joel Silver gave the director in Japan the work, the stolen work in 93. He gave it to him to do diagrams. So Elon Musk could be handed it. In 94 is when they did that. After I submitted in 93, there's no way around it. Also, you watch how they react. When they go this far to give the investment firms after Dean Lorenzo takes his name off and puts it in their name, you see a trail that they can't refute. Diane, uh, Kate Chilton's on the run right now. Who was at my deposition, uh, actually testified against me. Wow. What is, how is she testifying against me? So she's the main architect trying to get her hands in there, make sure this is done. And she's on the run with direct access to that extreme where you're invited to certified mail, everything predating anything. It's assumed they took your work. Then you add the whole thing with the liquid mirrors, Jack's the neck, the layered scenes. That's all there in your work where they don't have a copyright on the matrix. Uh, it's there. No way they're going to win. That's why they destroyed my life and killed my sons. So really there's just too many tie-ins. They're done. Because, yeah, because be a coincidence. You, so you, you, you quoted the law from copyright. If you can prove what you can, that they had direct access to your script and uh, then they use even one line, and you can tie it in. They, hey, they had my one script. matchup, one matchup, one matchup, 
Yeah. Is Jack's the neck is alone. Jack's the neck. Yeah, Jack's the neck. Because it is but not laid fair. Jack's the neck. Oh, yes, they do. Yeah. Yes, they do. How many screenplays in the world? I'm glad you brought this up. Have a little girl at a train station where their parents are pushing them in where they can't follow. Where they hope it's a better life in a program where you have to take a red pill to pass through the mirror. How many scripts have that layer? How many scripts have this? And I'm glad I'm answering because I'm thrilled to answer this. I sent you a, a picture screenshot from the Matrix, right? With a screenplay shot from original work. You're going to see this. Uh, let me call it up right now. It's just so I can read it to you. You're okay. going to see this. And let me go right to it. Here it is right here. So I'm going to pop up both on my end. I don't know if we have screen share. I won't really. It doesn't matter to your audiences, though, because they can see it. Let me yeah. read this thing, and I'll tell you. I'll describe the picture. You have an African-American man with dreads with the headphones on, like we have. And he's listening to loud rock music. He's turning to Morpheus right now. He has a jackhole in the back of his neck. You see the screen in front of the uh, driver of the ship with the headphones and loud rock music watching green scrolling blips on the screen, right? Okay, how many layers is in that, right? Now let's read this one entry from The Immortals, which you have a copy of, page 110. Certified can't be refuted. Interior tunneler underground. He's driving a ship. A young driver is having a blast operating the tunneler and playing loud music. He watches the screen showing the scrolling map in green with blips on it. So even in ours, you have him navigating a ship with green scrolling blips, listening to loud rock music on his headphones, driving that ship. Hmm. I just gave you how many matchups in one and two sentences yep. that they used exactly in the matrix. Wow. So you betcha we're going to take them down. All right. So back to, yeah. So this really helps what you said a, 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 a bit ago where you, you didn't even realize until 2009, right? That that's that part this of the game. Your work, part of the strategy, is keep you off balance. First, treat you like a king, like a king, and then pull your kingdom away. They have a phrase they use in the movies: "If they make you, they can break you." And okay, but 2002, you start throwing all this stuff again in Maui. I am treated like a king again. Condo on Maui. What, house what brought on that Maui. about? What brought that on at that time? They put on charge of me, who's actually the godfather of my son, the Disney mafia guy, Tony Lavoie, comes to me along with a theater that's with Disney. And he says he wants to help me on Maui. He actually had a bodyguard who was like bigger than you, Luke, named Tiny. Talk about stereotypical. Italian, I my son, Aiden, has an absentee godfather who's Italian mafia who runs commercial real estate on Maui and is the top firm, Peak and Lavoie. He was there in our lives at Aiden's baptism and everything until the case was thrown. He gave the honeypot wife Tiffany jewelry. He gave me my house and my condo. He had me house at his nice little mansion. Had parties Why did they approach you in 2002? I mean, they had already made this movie. Um, you're you're not you're not knocking on their door, going, "Hey, I I saw that scene. I think that's I mine." I have your answer. I have your yeah. answer. Okay, because I had other work. Other work. What ah. did Terry Belliner say? The Lion King, Beauty and the Beast, Broadway director, who contracted me for that period for um, a three year contract exclusively to work with her. She said, "There's other stories in you. I want you to be my." I have another writer who writes for England, 
um, uh, San Francisco parts, like doing this different places, exotic places. And she said that um, you'll be my second writer. And she had me do a reading in New York, Manhattan. They're going to have my play. And I got a green light off Broadway for the Sheen. And um, so the other work. So they they're milking you. They're milking me. They want the other work. And she kept saying, don't worry about the immortals. Don't worry about that. Um, there's lots of stories in you and um, you're going to be set up. So they're milking me. I'm the cow. They actually put me in the New York Journal as a top upcoming playwright. Again, without contract. <laughs> But no, she had a contract. She had a contract. Oh, for those three okay. Years. But I'm saying, but, but I'm saying, like, immortals. here's the house. Here's this again, all over again, just like the '90s. So they hired you. They enthroned me. They 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 set me that they made me a king. Plus, yeah. like, and they pe- threw to, women to, my to way. Pete, you asked it. You saw the movie yeah. in '99, but you didn't fight the original Matrix during that time. So three years went by, then they hire you, give you all these things, and then you're not even – you're distracted again. So you're not fighting. I didn't even see that. You're not fighting. I didn't, I didn't see it. Because life's great. You're right. Three years went past. I'm past the statutes. Three years is your statutes. Yeah. So they're going to milk the cow further, the golden goose. Yeah. So, uh, so how long are they treating you well now? Two thousand two until two thousand five. Two thousand five. Okay. Three year contract. Yep. And is this when they provided the fake wife? I'm speechless. Did... Yes. Oh man. Two thousand five. Okay. And who's her landlord? Who's her landlord? Where'd he go? Well, I didn't find it right now. Remember that paper I held up? Tony Rankin. Yeah. Tony Rankin's her landlord. Who houses Terry Belinder, the Broadway director for Lion King from Disney and um, Beauty and the Beast? Tony Rankin. So I meet Terry Belinder at Tony Rankin's estate without meeting Tony Rankin in 2002. 2000, was it 2005? So I meet her at that time without meeting Rankin. Rankin's brought in later. So I'm out on his estate, not meeting him, when I'm introduced to Terry Belinder, being housed by him, not realizing that my honeypot wife, as they said she is called, was also housed by Tony Rankin, classmates of Warner Brothers' lead attorney. Yeah. Okay. So they 2005 to two. Yeah. Go ahead, Luke. Yeah. So they pulled the wool over your eyes. They were running interference before you could have the light bulb moment. Even though you've, you had the light bulb moment when you saw it in the theater and you had that reaction where you left, you still didn't go forward to fight them in 99 or 2000 or what, when, at what year did you, I need to start going on the offense. When, did, when, did, when, did, when does the fight start go? They instituted it. So when the statutes when the are running in 2009... You? When the honeypot wife points out those images to me, in 2009, she says she's going to leave um, Aiden and I. Aiden's three years old. She's been having affairs the whole time. She was an ex-con, we find out later. Last thing we did as a family is watch your record get expunged. We're outstanding warrants that were there throughout our marriage. We had condoms laying that were in the car, condoms out in the yard with a whip screen. She was having clients and having sex with people throughout her marriage. And she continued her work. And Aiden was a byproduct of that. She said she said he wasn't supposed to be born. It has nothing to do with him now. 
So in 2009 is when she comes forward and says, you know, when she's going to leave us, she goes, wait, look at these images. Here's a little girl at the train station. Here's a little girl pointing the sun. They wanted her to kick it in. Last thing she was supposed to do when she was going to leave initially was let me know that my work was stolen so that I would then have to seek an attorney they're going to provide right away. Here he shows up at the door, right with candies and lollipops. Okay, so they're almost tying up loose ends. Yes. If they can throw my case, run statutes out and have me aware, then I've given up my rights. Or they keep throwing at you, saying, well, you lost, you lost, you lost. Right. That's the Hegelian dialectic, Tom. That's problem, reaction, solution. They're like, hey, we got away with this for 10, 15 years. And they brag about it. But just in case... Just in case he comes after us, let's uh, bring this to his attention so that he starts fighting, but we'll rig the whole game. Yeah, they controlled everything. They got through me, all my working drafts, all my information. Gives They say, give us everything you got. And went right to yeah. Warner Brothers. And then they don't right. give it back. Right. They they think you think they're helping you. You think they're helping you. What did yeah. Rankin promise me when he first sat down in uh, 2009? Oh, I'm going to put $100,000 into this. You deserve to have the rights. I'm going to see this through. I'm not a copyright attorney, but I'll get another. I'll hire a copyright attorney with that $100,000. I'll make sure he gets it. And we'll have this contract here. Suddenly, you're not seeing the contract again. Yep. Then he's wanting all the specific information. You, heard the, you start to hear Warner Brothers on the phone with him dictating letters for you. You'll see the different fonts in the emails. You'll see them throwing the timelines and running the clocks out. Then you find out he doesn't have an active license after he's thrown the case. Then they, they are the ones that reinstitute his license. Then you have a contract that doesn't allow you to leave him. It says that if you don't agree with him or you're not allowed to fire him or leave him. And so we go to fire him. He's, that's why I said this gets to be so bad. It's like I need a moment. Yeah. I need a moment. I need a moment. I really do. They do a good job. They do a good job. They do a good job. You hear the PTSD? Yeah. Well, this is, I mean, it goes right back to Satan in the Garden of Eden, you know, telling humanity that God's holding out on you and this is really what you want. And then it's the same with him tempting Christ in the wilderness. I'm going to give you all these kingdoms. Exactly. They mock and you it, like Satan does. They mock you and they yeah. mock you and they mock you. Do you remember the aviator with um, about Howard Hughes? It just occurred to me as I was talking to you guys. Howard Hughes in the aviator, what happens to him when he's broken? The DiCaprio movie? Yeah. Right? He, he's you know basically what he does? gone off the deep end. What did I just do? What did I just do with you? What did I just do on the air? Yeah. I repeated a phrase, repeated a phrase, repeated a phrase. What does he do? What does Caprio do in the movie? He repeats a phrase, repeats a phrase, repeats a phrase, repeats a phrase, and that's how they know he lost it. They mock me in that movie. And you just heard me say it on the air. I've never done it before, but I can't even remember the phrase I just said to you. I don't remember it. What I said to you, what I repeated. (sighs) Because what they did was, see, it blanks your mind out. Right. Who's the easiest target in the world to destroy? A man or a woman you broke. And they mock you to keep doing it. Now, here's the deal. They claim that I was everything under the sun. They're, they haul me off with 302s with the FBI and say, oh, he thinks he wrote this. He thinks he wrote this. I'm holding up the screenplay. He thinks he wrote that. He's obviously delusional. He thinks he wrote this. So therefore, we'll put him away for a criminally insane on a 302 where we pay off his sister to say, He's dangerous. Who paid him off? A congressman who's actually a lifelong FBI. 
who handles her, gives her all kinds of rewards. And what's interesting is they're claiming I'm everything under the sun from parents schizophrenic. No, I wouldn't even be able to dress in front of you. I'd be mumbling the whole time. And they say he mumbles. He makes no sense. I think I've been coherent. And then they say narcissist. They say um, bipolar one and two. Bipolar one and two, I would be raging in front of you and accusing you of all kinds of things. And if I was paranoid schizophrenic on top of it, I'd be hearing voices or things like that. I don't. But the thing is, the point is, by saying all these things and trying to institutionalize and make it set in stone, Kate Chilton's done herself a disservice. There's no statute of limitations at all on a man who has a mental condition, IPTSD. But they claim all these things. We're going to let them claim them. That means there's no statutes for coming forward. And that's why Kate Chilton's on the run. That's why she resigned as a court judge and is running. Because you're right. There's no statutes because I couldn't argue my case. I could not argue my case. I can't argue my case. Because you can see what just happened to me. I can't argue my case. If I got up there, I'd be like DiCaprio going... This isn't, this isn't, this isn't, this isn't, this isn't, this isn't. You're overwhelmed by what they did. Does the statute of limitations not apply due to the fact that you didn't have a licensed attorney? No, they're able to throw it because what what's, um, Linda Burrow did was, or Kate Chilton with Linda Burrows, is they're the ones that reinstated his license after it was thrown. They stipulated that we could then go forward with the court case. Think how maniacal this is. They stipulated they could go forward and serve their defendants. Why would Joel Silver and the Wachowskis allow themselves to be served if they've already won? And I'll why have to give them this? They are smart. Oh my gosh! That's what they yeah. did. They stipulated like, like that is 3D, 4D chess. And the last thing like, you're right. And the last wow. thing that I'm holding this up. The last thing that Kate Chilton did is do this article. Which talks about five statutes. years to trial and death knell orders. What's that yes. about? So she's saying that statutes, if you allow yourself to be reinstituted, reinstituted, your case reinstituted by stipulation, she's saying it. Then you no longer have latches applying, and you're, you're you're done by the death knell time limit. She's saying in this article in 2019, when she's working for Netflix laundering, that if you allow a stipulation. To get around the statute of limitations, then you are now subject to the statute of limitations again. Why did she do this one article as the mastermind behind throwing the case and taking the tech to Elon Musk? She and was the else? judge? She became the judge after being Netflix's attorney. But so I she mean, became in 2009 to 2012, she was your judge? Or? No, 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 no. They had Judge Klausner, who okay. was appointed by Bush and Pat Robertson okay. to be my judge. He was put in place. So that he could throw the case. Oh, who, yeah. So she came in later as in, she in then what became a superior court judge later after um, the time limit was thrown and we're being chased out of Canada. And my last son was murdered. My, my second to last son was murdered. That's when she then leaves Netflix and becomes superior court judge. And what's interesting is they didn't even have an election. They, they said you're supposed to have an election, and they suspended the election and just got her in. So it would be a straw, straw man thing where she got right in to be to cover the defendants in case I ever came forward with a court case again. And now she's on the run because of the Tom Hank entries being shown that you have. She's on the run now and just left. She's supposed to be in place to 2029. She just left in May when the uh, Q group that was doing the documentary sold out. And so they showed me the sellout letter with Sophia Stewart and then Kate Chilton ran for the hills. They were a cover. It's, it's so amazing. Wait till you see the documentary on how this all comes out. 
you've gotten pieces of it. You've already gone down the rabbit so hole. So really I did deep. look it up. Uh, Chuck was the name of the documentary. You can rent it on Prime Video and stuff. But he's the actual individual from Philadelphia, the boxer. What that? Um, How about Rocky? That he says, "This is my life story." And Sylvester you know what's Stallone, interesting too. Yeah. Here's a nice synchronicity, whether it's connected or not, in purpose or not. Chuck is the nickname for my son Aiden. My last surviving son is Chuck's Chuck. Hmm. Also, I'm from Philadelphia. I was born in Philadelphia. Interesting. I wanted to ask you, Tom. You're still part of the Writers Guild, right? Or no? No. What I didn't realize is the Writers Guild only holds it for ten years. They didn't tell me that. So they only hold it for ten years. Can you reapply? Did so, you have any desire to reapply? Won't do any good. Okay. It doesn't do any good. Okay. The Writers Guild really don't doesn't help you in the end. And I was just going to ask the, and, your opinion yeah. if you were of uh, the the strike. And no, the it's, stuff it's that's useless. Going on. Useless. Useless. Okay. Useless. The they control all the implemented um, uh, checks and balances. That's why the congressman is actually an FBI operative. Those are two different branches: legislative and. Um, 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 I forget the other branch now because I'm affected. Uh, judicial. This. Yeah, you can't have the competing pillars. Yeah. But I've heard and the so, argument from the dealing with the the strike and everything, and it's not just the Writers Guild; it's also the actors and actresses uh, as far as their images, because uh, a part of it was dealing with uh, royalties, of course, but um, the AI technology that's out there where you can take somebody's voice and duplicate it and have it say something different, or you can use AI technology to write scripts and they're, they're trying to hang on to their jobs essentially like technology is about to push them out. Well, that's the thing about Neuralink with Neuralink. The reason I, you know, I created it because I felt like God gave it to me for the story. And wanted me to warn people about this device that is given to Elon Musk now by Warner Brothers of uh, Iron Man 2, Grimming and all that. What you have is um, he's only telling you the positive. Neuralink in the future will be the one way for the one world order. It'll be the uh, thing that seals and locks it, basically the mark of the beast. What will happen if, if you have a Neuralink, the FBI, CIA, in my uh, screenplay, the CIA is central, becomes central, the governing one world body governing agency is central out of CIA. And Neo actually is a lower echelon department head in my original story of the CIA. And Smith, the agent, is actually a top echelon one that becomes part of our one world order. Now, in the future, what they'll do is take your Neuralink. They'll come and take it from you, right? You will be a drooling person, drooling bodily functions. Won't be able to, you'll be dependent on it. So they'll give you medication, they say, to help you in the transference. But the FBI agency, CIA, what they'll do is they'll take your Neuralink or those of your loved ones, and they'll fish through your own memories to convict you by your own memories. And find out who you're connected to, loved ones and everything else, and use that against you. That they can then get them. And so that's what's going to happen. And they'll, they'll allow subpoenaing um, your own Neuralink. You'll be convicted by your own thoughts. They'll fish through it and find anything they can, anything. And that way they can put anybody away. They'll also be able to uh, in, add to it, which is in the original work. It goes very much beyond just Jack's the Neck. Uh, Neo is subject to a tracking program and also a disease program where he starts to age in the program. And it also um, uh, has a system where he has to download Smith's memories in order to find the cortex building in the dome. So he's living the memories of the person who harmed his own family and enjoyed harming it. He's feeling those elation and feelings that Smith felt while he loses his own memories. 
he's told you get, you know, you take a half hour or so to pick three memories you want to remember because it's all going to be lost. Memory is a discipline. It takes time. That's why I designed the, or came up with the whole thing with the neural link for the screenplay. So that's why there's so many downsides, bad sides, neural link. It is the mark of the beast. And that's why Elon Musk is pushing it while he's being groomed to be our savior. He's not. He's a schmuck. Elon Musk is a schmuck who was put in place of another failed person given another position. And now they're saying he's the face of God. We've got to watch it. Watch what happens. That is the bad person right there. That's tra- transhumanism, and we've we've touched on that in different episodes. But that would be that would be really good, Tom, to to have you back and talk about. What We're talking your about thoughts the bad on things. Yeah, yeah, what you, th- you what you think about transhumanism and all Absolutely. of that. But I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to say that. Yeah, the mark of the beast. It it's is. creating. It's a it's a genetic upgrade. And again, you know, our show just to connect it again for our listeners who. You know, talking about the Matrix and and you know writing a writing a a movie script is not like typical stuff that we talk about on this show. However, we're I think what we're trying to do because your your story time is so unique and interesting is shed light on the cabal, the world system, the secular Luciferian you know anti god system, and then tie it into what happened to you, how Hollywood works how government is all part of that. And the days of Noah are approaching again. It is going to be a return to the golden age, you know, and uh, we haven't even touched on Freemasonry, but that's, that's for another show. Cause you, cause you went through that too, Tom, but um, one, one term that uh, a friend of ours that we, we had on the show, Enoch, he has a show called the rundown of our reality he introduced me for the first time to this idea of white hat, black hat Freemasonry where, you know, the black is the really evil dark and the white comes in as the saviors, but they're both pushing the same agenda. Right. Same club, same clubhouse. Yeah. Good cop, bad cop. And that's the thing. Watch, watch how Elon Musk pretends to be, I mean, remember how I was courted and given that honeymoon period and put on a throne and treated so well, right? That's what Elon Musk is doing to the population right now of the world. He's giving you the same snow job that I was given by the very people that put him in place. So right now he's going to tell you that sugar is sweet and candy is good and you're going to have all you want and he's going to save you and he's going to and give you a free neural speech link is back all. on Twitter. That's right. While I'm being shadow banned on Twitter, people can't even find me on Twitter. They look up my name and have everything. And they can't find me. So he's shadow banning me while he's claiming free speech. So what you have is this idea where he's going to be the promised one that's going to deliver us. And people are eating it up with a spoon. They're going like, oh, yeah, Elon Musk, no, he's good. He's going to save us. No, he's not. No, he's not. He's going to bring you down and they're going to do the reset. And what that reset, I know I was invited into it where they say 1%. They do say elite. And they do want to make a sustainable world, a paradise. And Maui is the first time they're going to be uh, doing the model into position, which I was told about back in 2002. They're going to make it a, a clubhouse paradise for the elite where you have a servitude class and the rest are pushed off the island. Do you know that before the Maui's historic town got hit, the governor made a ruling in uh, July just before the hit that said that historical properties will no, no, no longer be protected by zoning laws, that they changed the zoning laws, that you can build whatever you want in historic areas now, right in time for the, what just happened? <laughs> yeah. Do you know that they had a test spot where two cars were burned up on top hills? I was, I was in Mount Lahaina's 11 years performing for kids and doing shows that I wrote and everything else. I was performing for 11 years on Maui with a condo and home. And they had a test shot where they took these two cars that are melted in this residential area up above 
a historic town. And these two cars are melted where the aluminum is running off and everything else, but everything else is green around it. It was the test shot before they hit the historic town. They tested the tool before they applied it on the historic town. And now watch people like Elon Musk buy up swaths of land in Maui because that's going to be your go-to country club where you have a servitude class and large estates for all the elite. And if it comes down to resetting this world and destroying populations in the U.S., all the elite go to Maui. And they're safe there, thousands of miles away from the cleansing, the final solution. The reason Elon Musk goes like this, and I'm holding up an X, the X represents the final solution, the continuation of World War II, the final solution, and we are the ones in the camps. Yeah. People have pointed out, too, it uh, fits perfectly with the Masonic symbol. Have you seen that, Tom? That's right. The reason I was brought in, the reason I was brought into the Masons was I was going to be spared the horror to come. My last living son was going to be spared the horror to come. Why? Because they were fans of the work and they were going to groom me to be a continued lead within the cabal. I'm supposed to be doing Elon Musk's job. Elon Musk is doing exactly the job I was groomed to do. I said, no, he said, yes. And so he's doing, I'm watching him step by step, fooling people, doing exactly what I was groomed to do. While I get ignored a lot with the work I have, trying to warn the world where I whispered through art, I'll tell you, it's very frustrating, guys. Very frustrating. Would you would you tell and um, yeah, would you tell us about a little bit about what you felt God was telling you? Because I remember you saying about being honored in the next life. Can you give give that story? We're here for you, man. We appreciate you, Tom. Take your time. God said that I wouldn't be honored on this earth. I'd be honored in the heavens. that he was giving us a chance as I asked that his children could prove to him that we're worth it, that we could come through for our father. That we not just have a revelations timeline where we end up in horrors, but that we as our children can prove to him that we can come through, that a different timeline might be instituted where we have 70 years of peace with him but the children came through and he would say, well done. And he gave me this. And in this is everything coming true. Fake Oval Office, Neuralink, which is an answer. The transporting of the children to the train stations, which is an image that's coming to be trafficked. That we have a chance to prevent it. He's saying we can turn this one world order that's coming, that's already planned out and assessed into a good one for 70 years of peace. It's all through here. All through here, including the tech. Surrey, Neuralink, um, iPad, all in there. What what year was it you, you had that that revelation, that prayer? Was that 92? Or, or No, it was before I went to Pat Robertson's organization before he recruited me. It was in 1985. I felt myself in a room 
and I don't, I, I, I dare anybody to mock this because this is very personal and this is what God allowed us and there's not a world to be freed and kids to be saved. So if anybody mocks it, it's on their heads because they've been plenty of mocking. In that room, I felt myself being lifted and he taught me that I had to be disciplined to clear my mind of any negative inputs, anything bad. You know how sometimes a thought will rush in your head? I had to learn to be clear of that where I had the discipline and control of my mind, sort of like being cut from the neural link in the story, to be able to keep my mind on God, no distraction, and commit myself 100% to his glory only, to be able to receive thoughts and ideas without tainting them, embellishing them, basically trained to be a scribe, to put the work down intact, untainted, as a prophecy. He said the cup would be given me, it wouldn't be taken away. It would be a cup that was akin to the cup of Christ, not that I would be Christ. Yeah. That I would feel the things that Christ felt, alienation, betrayal, all that. He said, I, I, I said, I'll, t- I'll, I'll do it, I'll do it, without realizing what was ahead. I said, I'll do it, blindly. And he said, the cup will be given to you, it won't be taken away. And then I felt myself lifted where... There was these witnesses all around me, elders all around me. And that's where he said, you'll be honored in the heavens, not on the earth. Elon Musk will be honored on the earth, but not in the heavens. And God said, yes, he allowed his children. That's right. He allowed us to prove ourselves. That's our father. Our father allowed where people will thump that Bible and say, says revelations god's not bound by anything and if his children ask him could we have an opportunity to change this timeline that we can prove ourselves as your children he said yes he said yes and that's my message our father said yes i think it's part of the plan that we fight this cabal that we expose evil yes revelation will take place every word of god is true but we don't just lay down and go, well, it's going to happen anyway. No, we're going to be offered 70 years of peace, Mm. 70 years of peace. We get a respite. We get a time for fellowship. We get a slice of basically, if you will, heaven on earth, fellowship with our father in human form. That's a blessing. That's a gift by our father. Well, I, I said to you in, um, when, we, when we first connected um, online that, that one of the things we try to do on this show is expose evil. And that's why we talk about SRA victims and, and these kinds of things, because the New World Order system is, as Enoch put it, Freemasonry and all of that, what is their goal? You can sum it up in one sentence. It's to get back to the golden age where the the pantheistic God worship and everything was great, but it was all antichrist spirit. That's the Neuralink again. Yeah. Pete, the Neuralink, what comes with it too, which Elon Musk will not tell us, but as the founder of it, God allowed us to have it, to warn about it. What it will do, it'll have a blocker in it. The neural link will block our ability to feel the presence of Christ. 
to feel the presence of God. By accepting the neural link and putting it in, it will work, act as a filter also to keep you from conceptualizing or feeling the presence of the spirit. Believe it or not, it'll receive, wow. it'll set down your receptors. It's basically something- make you blind. Does that have something to do with the with the pineal gland? Because I've heard of yes, that, it'll, that it'll, being yes, yes, it'll shut down your. That's why this whole thing. What happens is if you accept the Neuralink, you've accepted a drug that will a mechanical drug that will cut you from God. Eat me, drink me. As soon as you accept it, there's no going back. You've got the mark the, of the beast. Do you think it's a DNA change and or upgrade? That's the thing. Your body will adapt to this foreign implement. And in adapting, it'll form new pathways, new synapses, and new ways of processing and thinking. You will lose your connection with God, with a neural link. Don't take the mark of the beast. Because the transhumanism, Luke and I have talked about this a good bit, and there's a lot of good resources out there. We've just scratched the surface on this topic, but is the human 2.0 and Satan counterfeits everything God does. He's not creative. He simply perverts things that God has done and does it his way. So God promises eternal life. What does Satan do? He's going to promise a counterfeit eternal life, immortality, right? And the book of Revelation says men will seek for death and not be able to find it. Good point. Also, what they're going to do is remember the children. They always talk about the children in the movies, the children, children, where are the Maui children? Where's happening to the children? To break you, the children are the final move. Why they say Aiden's still alive. They know I'm concerned for his safety. He's supposed to be a leverage card, his life that I won't talk on air. Aiden that said, dad, keep doing interviews. Don't stop. Even if something happens to me, he said that at eight years old, what you have is an amazing kid. And so what's going to happen is what they'll do in the future is they're going to take your kid and put him in front of you. It's emotional for me. Yes. They're blaming me for coming up with this, too. They're saying it's my fault that Neuralink's going to be implemented, even the insider saying that to me. No, I was supposed to warn. They'll take your child and put him in front of you. And in front of you, they'll pull their Neuralink. Your child will have been defend- dependent on the Neuralink. You'll watch your child lose bodily functions in front of you. Elon Musk is going to tell you this part. Also, the, uh, your child won't remember your name from that point. They pull that thing out. They won't remember. They'll give your child a different Neuralink program, which is mass produced, which will have them be a different being. Basically, all their memories will be different. All their thoughts on you will be different. And in there will be a little spice in the tea where they'll think that you had done horrible things. They will look at you right away. You'll see your child's eyes from loving to fearful of you and condemning of you in front of your face in an instant. That's what the future holds if Elon Musk gets his way. We've got to stop as a Christian community. Do not support Elon Musk and do not say that he's going to be our savior. Otherwise, you just said Christ has no place. Right. Elon Musk is not allowed to replace Christ. Think of well, that there way. is a, I mean, it can't be overstated that Lucifer is transformed into an angel of light. The evil that is and is coming is going to be incredibly alluring and uh, shown as or or portrayed as for the betterment of the world, right? For the betterment of society, for solving uh, society's ills, promising healing, 
promising all of these good things, immortality, but it is a antichrist system. It's a bait and switch and it's a counterfeit. And that counterfeit has a baby face. Look at Elon Musk after his plastic surgery, how he looks now. And look at my picture I sent you. When you get a chance, go through the email thread and look at the picture of me in 1993. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's the face of evil. I wasn't evil, but I was being groomed to be the face of the Christian coalition to mislead, to run for government and to do what Roberts wanted me to do and the cabal and Disney and the rest. So that's the face that's supposed to mislead you into following Satan. Keep in mind, that's the face. So when you see Elon Musk's face, realize that's plastic surgery on him that people are supposed to go. And I saw a, a cartoon recently that said, you know, where's he leading us? As if most dressed as Moses, uh, who cares? He looks so cute. <laughs> and yeah. that's how people think these, that's how stupid our world is. Well, calls. To, yeah, but thank you for to, doing this. No, absolutely. To kind of wrap up the next few minutes here. Um, I think we, I think we covered well, I hope, um, uh, what kind of led from your inspiration of God to your creative influence, creating this script, how it was ripped from you, how you were snowed all those years. Um, love to talk again, as much as you would like, because I think there's, there's so many instructive things to this story and it plays into, and this is what I was thinking all leading up to chatting with you is, I don't want to shortchange your story because that's important. But what we try to do when Luke and I talk is we try to talk big picture. I think right. Luke, you can uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think, I think what we try to do is say, here is a principle of how evil works and we need to be aware of it. We need to know our enemy. We need to be wise right. as serpents and innocent as doves. So I like to take that overview, you know, pull back so to speak, and go, okay, this is what happened to you. This is an industry. This is a uh, cabal, like you said, that does these things. So I think we handled intellectual property theft pretty well. Um, we didn't get to your childhood. So maybe next time, let's talk the abuse and treatment by your parents that you suffered as much as you're willing to share. I will share. And, have to. and then, you know, kind of the, cause you said there's Freemasonry in your background, in your, in your family history. Mm-hmm. So let's get into Freemasonry and that stuff. And then, uh, and then the honeypot wife thing, because that I, I basically, I want to kind of lay out where you began and then right. up to say 2009. Okay. All right, let's do it. Let's do because that. Because I, yeah, because I think I think once we establish all that, then we can get to the last, you know, fifteen years, and we can and touch on uh, a bunch of other topics. So, just for our listeners, let's let me just give a brief rundown of some of the things that Tom has mentioned on different podcasts I've heard him on that are very instructive. Um, how they compromise family members with threats and promising money, because that happened with your sister, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Hollywood and celebrity handlers. Mm-hmm. How does that work? What's the purpose of that? Yeah. Um, bloodlines. You, you mentioned uh, how they think of people as two categories. You're either an asset or you're fodder. Right. Um, Freemasonry, we mentioned. 
um, yeah, the Pat Robertson thing too. Right. how, what your experience was through there. Right. Um, the pedo stings in Hollywood and Disney, how they go after the lower level ones mm-hmm. to make it look like they're doing the right things. Right. Um, Disney love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. Cause that goes deep. We touched on your experience with God and your prayer. So I'm, I'm glad we, we hit that. So that thank hard. you for, yeah, thank you for good. being so raw there, Tom, really just, I didn't have a that's, choice. That's just, yeah, I know, I, I know, choice. but I just appreciate your honesty and your, and your willing to put it out there. Cause I think that comes through even, even in audio, you know, mm. um, and then child protective services, how they're working with the FBI. Mm-hmm. Definitely want to talk about that. Um, and then we didn't we didn't get into, but I would love to talk more about other films, how they've mocked you, how they, especially yes. Minority Report. And Man in the High Castle, absolutely. And Man in the High Castle, yes. Those are fascinating. God. And then, and we talked about this last night, but I think this will be just good to go over. Um, death coaches, push for the trans movement, euthanasia. Right. You, you said started in Maui. So that's, yes. there's all these Maui connections. Maui is the elite's capital control center, basically. Yeah. 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 It's the new capital. And then, of course, your your court case, which is a, a, a huge talk Very in important. Very and then important. And what you're, what you're doing. So, wow. I, I, I kind of feel compelled to, especially with just, you know, the raw emotion of, of a few minutes ago, just praying for you for protection. I would for what appreciate you're doing. that. And for my son. Yeah. And yeah. for your son. And my mom. Exactly. Aiden's yeah. 15 now. He's 16. Uh, actually, 16 he's now. going to be 17. Yeah. Oh yeah, of course. Cause when I listen, cause I'm, when I listened to the episode with you with Emma on the imagination podcast, he was 15 then. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's pray for you and just, um, we want to get your story out there and we want people to understand that, we have to pick a side. We have to pick a team. We can't be neutral in this world. You know, Satan is content to, he doesn't have to get us involved in a big sin. He doesn't have to turn us into some child sacrificing demon, although he loves it. If you do, he just has to get you distracted enough to, for you to not accomplish the purpose for which you were made. And right. I love how we, uh, Luke and I have had this, uh, an incredible man, Tim Bentz, on our show several times. And one of the things that he has said, I'll paraphrase, paraphrase, is, you know, ask God to reveal to you what was he thinking when he thought of creating you? What was the purpose that he had in mind for you? Oh, my gosh. Oh, Isn't my that gosh. Something? That That is so important. And it's like my answer when, another time, because I have another show coming up now, yeah, but yeah. my answer will be um, subject to a lot of scrutiny, of course, but but I'm supposed to say it. I'm commanded to say it, so I will yeah. say it another time. I got another show coming up now, but, um, but I appreciate yeah. you guys so much. And if you could, if you could say that prayer while I'm off the air here, if you can say it for all of us, because I got to run now to the other show, but, okay. but please do say the prayer. I'll know it's said yes. and I'll feel it. All right, yes, guys. I'll, 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 I'll do that. And then we'll, we'll connect, uh, later today. I can help you with Perfect. what you were suggesting. Perfect. Thank you. So you just, uh, shoot me a message and say, when's a good time for you. Perfect. We'll get right to dialoguing that on the email and we'll set it up. Thank you so much. I, I 
couldn't help the rawness. Absolutely. But no, it's wonderful. We're supposed to be genuine anyway. So thank you for everything, guys. All right. God thank bless you. you, Tom. God bless. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Let's, uh, let's say a prayer for, um, for Tom and for his son and just all that he's been through. Man. Uh, dear God, we just come before you. We lift up Tom Althaus and his son, Aiden. And can't even imagine uh, having things ripped away from from you <laughs> in a lot of ways, like like a job, uh, family, you know, possessions, creative works, everything that you pour your heart into that he's done. Um, thank you, Lord, for his willingness to come on and share his story. Thank you for this platform you've given Luke and I that we can hopefully honor you by shedding light on the works of darkness. As it says in your word, have no part in them, but rather expose them. And may you make us wise in how we treat these topics and who we bring on the show and what we talk about. May it be fruitful to bless this world. So we ask for divine protection on Tom, that you would strengthen him and his son, that they would grow in their knowledge and understanding of you. And you would bless everyone listening to this show, that they would share it far and wide and really take up the mantle that uh, we each have a small, at least small part to play in your kingdom. And let's be, as Tom said, push aside those distractions, those thoughts that so easily come in when we're dealing with our difficult life. Life is hard. Things aren't as we want them to be all the time. But may we be about your business in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, with that, we will sign off on the Days of Noah, everybody. Thanks for listening. And we will be sure to have Tom back to continue a lot of these topics that we didn't have time to get into. But I appreciate being able to uh, uh, lay the groundwork for his story with the Immortals script that turned into The Matrix. And awesome questions, Luke. I got to compliment you for thinking of a ton of things on how... (laughs) how they pulled that off. So that was really good. So thanks, everybody. God bless. See you next week.